0: Hello friends, this is evangelist Scott Pauley. I'm so happy that you are joining our broadcast today. Several years ago, when we first began the Enjoying the Journey broadcast, we started with my favorite book of the Bible. I've adopted it really as my life's study on the book of Philippians. And the theme, of course, of that great book is the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Truly, it is the, the Bible treatise on what it means to enjoy the journey now we're thrilled to share this anniversary series with you again in the hopes that God will use it in your life to help you learn to enjoy the Lord Jesus Christ at whatever stage you happen to be on on life's journey. I trust that these studies from the Word of God today will refresh your spirit and renew your strength for the days ahead. God bless you as you listen. I remember as a boy my dad saying to me, Son, there are two kinds of people in this world. There are givers and there are takers. And then I remember him drilling into my mind that he wanted me to be a giver and not a taker. The older I get, the longer I live, the more I understand exactly what he was talking about. May I ask you, are you a giver? I mean, do you have the spirit of a giver? You see, that's the spirit of God. We're talking about how to stay happy in Jesus and we've learned from Philippians 4 If you're going to stay happy in the Lord, you've got to stay right with one another. You've got to stay prayerful. You've got to stay in the Word. You've got to stay content in Christ. But now let's add to our list this final truth. You have to stay unselfish. You've got to live life not like it's all about you, but rather it's about meeting needs of those around you. We read in verse number 14, Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. It's interesting, this portion of Scripture reveals a certain spirit of camaraderie of of cooperation, of partnership among the people of God. Friends, that's the way it's supposed to be. Not selfish, but laboring together with God. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter six, verse ten, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. It's sad, but sometimes we're nicer to strangers than we are to our own family. The same thing's true in the household of God. Sometimes we're nicer to people we've never even met, than we are to our brothers and sisters in Christ that we're going to spend the rest of eternity with. My friend, be a giver. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 says, But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. I don't know about you, I want God to be well pleased with my life. I don't want to live simply to please others. I want to please Him, and it pleases Him when I minister to the needs of others around me. It's interesting, but in these verses, there are several beautiful truths given to us. For example, first in verse 14, we learn that we're to minister to the afflicted. He said he did communicate with my affliction. you remember Paul was persecuted. He was chained. He was imprisoned. Uh, He was dealing with great pressures on every hand. And a kind letter from these people meant something to him. A monetary gift meant something to him. He was ministered to in his affliction. It reminds me... That we should minister to those who minister to us. If God used someone to minister the Word of God to you, uh, to help you along your journey, to encourage your faith, would you minister to them today? Maybe you make a list of people that have been a blessing to you and ask God to make you a blessing to them. Uh, maybe there's someone near you that you know that's very afflicted right now. They may be afflicted physically with illness. Uh, they may be afflicted financially right now. They may be afflicted with just disruption in their family or their home life. Maybe they're heartbroken over some loss. Whatever it is, ask God to put somebody in your path today that you can minister the goodness and grace of God to. Stay unselfish. In verse 15 we learn, not only should we minister to the afflicted, we should invest heavily in the gospel. I don't know what kind of investments you have or don't have, but let me just tell you, there's one investment you can be sure gives a good return, and that's investment in eternity, investment in the gospel's sake. The church at Philippi had given and communicated in such a way so that Paul could continue to carry out his missionary journey. I remember years ago hearing someone say uh, that you can't take your money with you, but you can send it on ahead. And the only way to send it on ahead is by investing in the only thing that's going into eternity, and that's the souls of men. Friend, have you invested in the souls of men recently? Are you giving in and through your local church? Are you investing in labors around the world to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. It's the greatest investment you'll ever make in your life. You can't outgive God. I'll tell you what will happen. Someday at the judgment seat of Christ, you'll meet people that were saved that have come to Christ and come into the family of God because you gave, because you had a part. Oh, what residual returns on the investment. That's a beautiful thought, isn't it? Someone said years ago, to find out how rich you are, add up everything that money cannot buy and death cannot take away. Ponder on that just a moment, would you? Paul said his riches, his glory, his crown were the souls of people he was taking to heaven with him. Or who are you taking with you? Stay unselfish when it comes to the gospel. And then, not only should you minister to the afflicted and invest heavily in the gospel, you should seek to meet needs wherever you can. Verse 16 says... For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. That sounds a little bit like the language found earlier in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 when he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Always and again. Once and again. You see, the Christian life is not about doing many different things. It's not about... Uh, adding so many things that you've got this long list of to-dos you have to do every day. It's actually doing the same things again and again and again. It's a return to basics. And one of those basics is to be a giver, to keep yourself unselfish. May I tell you that's what the Lord Jesus Christ did. He poured out Himself for us. Uh, My pastor, Pastor Sexton, said many years ago, When we pour ourselves out, we will never be empty. That's a powerful statement. Friend, if you want to be full today, full of the joy and blessings and goodness of God, begin by emptying yourself out. It's through that poverty you enter true riches. It's through that giving that you find that you are able to receive the blessings of the Lord. Oh, that's not what motivates us, but that is God's promise to us. In fact, beginning in the very next verse, verse number 18, he elaborates a number of the benefits of being a giver. And The next time we study together, we'll look at some of those. Until then, may I challenge you, stay unselfish, stay content in Christ, stay in the Word, stay prayerful, stay right with one another, and stay happy in Jesus Christ. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice we are grateful you've joined us for this study today if you love the book of Philippians be sure to visit our website enjoyingthejourney.org and download the audiobook of Philippians Scott also has a full sermon series through Philippians that we believe will be an encouragement to you as well and until next time may the joy of Jesus help you enjoy the journey